I'm Kyle Northcutt. Welcome to the Good to Learn Korea show. Each week I ask a different person about their job so you can know what your options are out in the world. My guest today is Anna Lorena Fabrega, the C- Chief Evangelist at Synthesis. Anna, welcome to the show. Kyle, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Thanks for being here. First off, can you tell me what a Chief Evangelist is and what it's like to be one? Yes, that is a great question. So I actually didn't know what a chief evangelist was until I joined this um, new job. So a chief evangelist is, you can think of it as the ambassador of a product or of a service or of a business, right? And actually the word evangelism comes from the Greek word to proclaim the good news. So in my case, I get to explain to the world how Synthesis, which you're very familiar, um, Mm -hmm. it's an education startup that I'm part of, and I can talk a little bit about that in a bit, um, but how Synthesis can improve people's lives by providing this great learning experience for children all over the world. So my job involves, you know, sharing the story of Synthesis in the most authentic way Mm -hmm. and how synthesis is different from school and other learning experiences out there and also elevating the alternative education category, right? So what this means, as you know very well, synthesis is very different from um, regular education. So it falls Mm -hmm. into the alternative education category. So part of my job is to talk about the problems with the traditional education system um, and what are some of those alternatives like synthesis and some solutions and then sharing resources um, for parents and for kids in this space, right? Um, And what I've noticed is that when people believe in your product, they will actually help you succeed um, through this ways that you don't really have to monetize at the moment. So as a chief evangelist, I'm always thinking about how can I convince the world that our product is very valuable and different from anything else out there in the market. Um, and, and yeah, this is something that comes naturally and easy to me because I believe in the product so much that mm-hmm. I want for other kids like you to try it out. So I interviewed the CEO of Synthesis, Chrisman Frank, in episode 23. But for those listening who haven't heard that one, can you share a bit about Synthesis? Yeah, of course. Um, So Synthesis is a new online education experience that grew out of Ad Astra. So Ad Astra Mm -hmm. was the lab school that Elon Musk and our co-founder, Josh Dawn, created Mm -hmm. at SpaceX about six years ago. So Synthesis was the most popular class at that school. And what they did that the kids were so obsessed with is that they used different game-based challenges and simulations that would allow students to solve complex problems in teams, mm-hmm. as you probably know. Yeah. And you, you get a chance to develop your voice in a competitive environment mm-hmm. and experience high-level concepts like mental models and game theory, right? So all these experiences that we design are very complex, uh, but they're also accessible and welcoming, and they're very fun. I mean, you can tell me. Am I correct? Yes, they're very fun. <laughs> yeah, so what kinds of things do you actually do day-to-day at Synthesis? Ooh, that's a good question. So again, as you know, synthesis very different from other mm-hmm. learning experiences and mm-hmm. looks nothing like regular school. Yeah, so yeah. a big part of my job is to find ways to explain that to parents. And the way I do that on my day-to-day, I do a bunch of things, but I mainly create content for synthesis. So I write articles, I'll write tweet storms, I'll make videos, mm-hmm. I go on podcasts like this one, um, mm-hmm. I do interviews, go on Clubhouse, and all this to share about synthesis, right? I'll also mm-hmm. attend conferences and summits on behalf of synthesis and do other speaking gigs. 
And then I also um, talk to other startups and other people in the alternative education space um, to sort of like see how we can complement each other. I talk to potential hires and to parents and students in our community about ways we can improve our product. So it's a lot of engaging with people and creating content. It's a mix of those two things. So when did you first know you wanted to do this kind of work? Mm, so I'm a former elementary school teacher. Um, how old are you, Kyle? Uh, I just turned 10. Awesome. So I'm a former elementary school teacher, and actually I worked with fourth and fifth graders. So kids mm -hmm. exactly your age. Mm -hmm. um, but before that, growing up, I actually went to 10 different schools myself because I lived in seven different countries. Mm -hmm. um, so then I taught for many years in New York, Boston, and Panama, which is where mm -hmm. I'm originally from. So I often say that when it comes to school, I've been around the block a few times, right? I've done it a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and while I loved working with kids, I couldn't help but notice that there were a few things wrong with the system. And I didn't feel like my students were really learning that much, right? And they were clearly not excited to be in school. Um, so I got tired of forcing things that I didn't genuinely value, like homework and tests and grades, instead of doing the things that my students were really excited and passionate about, right? The things mm -hmm. that were really exciting to them. Yeah. And I didn't feel like I, we were really teaching them the things that they're going to need in order to do the jobs that they want to do. Like you, you want, you, you're being a podcaster right now. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you didn't learn that in school, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I was excited about teaching kids this sort of things, the things that they're excited about and that they find useful, you know, and that's more creative work and, you know, solving complex problems and doing things like more entrepreneurial, like you're doing right now. So mm -hmm. I decided to leave the classroom about a year and a half ago in 2019. And I was looking for cool and very different alternative learning experiences, right, that mm -hmm. kids actually wanted to be part of. Yeah. So I decided to turn to the internet. And I created my, let's call it my online persona, right? I started building my brand, which is called Miss mm -hmm. Fab, because that's what my students used to call me. My last mm -hmm. name is Fabrega. Mm -hmm. So I decided to make that my brand and build around that. Um, I started making YouTube videos and started writing on Twitter um, and connecting with different people that were doing cool things in the alternative education space. And I didn't really have a lot of expectations at first. Um, I wasn't sure if people were going to read my things or watch my videos. But then when I started to see that I was building an audience and that people were actually excited and learning about these things, then that sort of made me realize that I was in the right place. So that's sort of like how this started. So did you consider other jobs or careers before this one? And can you tell us a bit about the path you took to get here? I know you talked about this a bit in the previous question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, so when I started doing this thing that I was talking about of writing publicly and building my audience, mm -hmm. I did get approached by several ed tech companies um, that were offering me to join their teams as educational consultant and that kind of roles. Mm -hmm. um, but when I met Chrisman Frank, who you've interviewed, he's mm -hmm. the CEO of Synthesis, um, he started to share about, you know, the mission behind Synthesis and, and what it looked like and the product and the mission. And then he invited me to observe one of the sessions. And that's when I was hooked. I couldn't stop thinking about the potential of this kind of exciting and you know, game-based approach to education. Um, and, you know, I'm the kind of person, I don't know about you, that when I get excited about something, I can't stop thinking and talking mm -hmm. about it. So this excitement sort of like people could tell, right? I couldn't stop talking about synthesis. So mm -hmm. at the time, they were still on stealth mode. So what that means is when a company is in this like 
temporary state of secretiveness, let's call it like mm-hmm. that. So they hadn't launched publicly. Mm-hmm. And Chris Mann and Josh, the other co-founder, um, they, well, Chris Mann particularly had been reading all my misfab things since the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And he asked me if I wanted to join um, and help them launch the company and sort of like announce publicly what we were doing. So I did that in November last year. And it this approach happened to be very effective. Um, Lots of people started to hear about synthesis and join. So they offered me um, to join the team as chief evangelist. And that's sort of like how it started. So it's been Mm. almost seven months now. Mm. So what do you like most and least about your job? Ooh, this is a good one too. You're full of great questions. Um, So I really love being able to work with the team the team that I was talking about that's really talented and are really passionate and obsessed with the mission as I am. So that's probably one of the most exciting things about my job. Um, and then the fact that I get to do many different things. So it's not, I'm, I'm always switching gears and doing different things. So it's very dynamic. It's very creative. I get to write, I get to create content. I get to meet interesting people like you. Um, I get to talk, which is one of my favorite things. <laughs> um, but it's funny though, because you asked what's the least favorite part and part of that um, dynamism and and changing things, sometimes it gets pretty overwhelming, Um, especially now that I'm putting together the media arm of the company. So Mm -hmm. we're starting to create a lot of content to put out there that's entertaining and educational. So I'm having to manage a team and sort of like delegate responsibilities. And at times, you know, this requires doing busy work or tasks that are not necessarily creative and switching gears. And sometimes that can get a bit overwhelming. So I know this is quite a bit different for synthesis, but what level of education do you have? And was that required for your job? Ah, So I did my bachelor's degree in childhood education and Mm -hmm. special education. So I did a double major and I also did a minor in psychology Mm -hmm. at New York University. Um, And while I did require a degree in education in order to teach in the U.S., Mm -hmm. um, I did not really need it for the kind of work that I do now, Mm -hmm. um, which is the more like you know, synthesis and Miss Fat brand. Um, mm-hmm. And it's interesting because I, f- I actually feel that I learned a lot more about kids and teaching and learning by observing other teachers and not necessarily, and like by spending time with kids in non-school related activities and not necessarily with what I learned in, in ed school. This episode is sponsored by Kids Green Team, a business startup kit I created with my friend Micah. Here's the problem we learned about that we couldn't ignore. Your city doesn't recycle plastic grocery bags, shipping air pillows, bubble wrap, and other plastic like that. Whether you throw them in the trash yourself or put them in your curbside recycling bin, they're headed for a landfill, or worse, the ocean. But that's where my friend Micah and I come in. We've built an entire course to teach kids like us how to turn this unnecessary waste into a successful business, profitable from month number one. Check it out at kidsgreenteam.com. Let's do some good together. Okay, now back to the show. So how much money would someone starting out in your field expect to make and what's the long-term income potential? Hmm, so actually this question's tricky and it's it's very variable, right? Um, the way that I would think about it, because it really depends on the company and your role and like where you are, but I would invite you to think a little bit more about the way this, there's this entrepreneur and philosopher and investor who I really admire. His name's Naval Ravikant. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talks a lot about how to get rich um, and how to think about money. And the way he talks about it is very different from what I had learned before. So he recommends seeking 
wealth when you're thinking about these kinds of jobs and not really money or status. And by wealth, he means like having assets that earn or that make money while you sleep. So think about, for example, um, this podcast, if you start monetizing this podcast, this is something that would create wealth for you, right? Because while you sleep, Mm -hmm. they're already out there and anyone can consume this content. Mm -hmm. So that's an example of how you create wealth, right? Money would be sort of the opposite, right? It's how we transfer time and wealth. Mm -hmm. So you're not really going to get rich by renting out your time, right? Mm -hmm. The way that he talks about it is instead of thinking about necessarily money, like think about equity, like you want to own a piece of the business, right? And that's sort of what he says that gets you to financial freedom. So for someone starting out and wants to do something like the way that I'm doing it, mm-hmm. I would say um, find a company or find you know product that you really like and make sure that you own part of what you're building. Mm-hmm. So not only will this make sure that you have skin in the game, but this will also create wealth over time and not tie your work to your time because that's really that's when things get complicated. So instead of talking about numbers, I just sort of wanted to share that idea. So how much free time do you have? Like do you work a traditional 40 hour work week more or less? Um, that's a funny question. Um, so I, I, I doubt that anyone that works at a startup works mm-hmm. um, less than 40 hours yet. Like probably most people that work at a startup work more than 50 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's what's it. So, I mean, it, it really varies, but sometimes I'll work 10 to 12 hours a day. I'll often work on the weekends because oh. when, you start to do, <laughs> when you start to do something that, that you really enjoy doing, what happens is that there's sort of like the line between work and play sort of blends. So mm-hmm. I'm often working, yeah, on the weekends, but then maybe there's a Tuesday that I need to go run an errand. So I'll take the time to do that. So it really mm-hmm. depends, but definitely work more than a traditional eight to five job. So what advice do you have for young people considering what you do for their job? Hmm. Okay. For anyone considering becoming a chief evangelist of any company, I would, the first thing I would recommend is read everything that Guy Kawasaki has written. So mm-hmm. Guy Kawasaki was um, the chief evangelist at Apple. I think he was the first mm. chief evangelist there. And he's now the chief evangelist at Canva. Um, and he wrote a great article. He's, he also has a book and there's several things he's written, but there's a, this particular great article on ways to effectively evangelize a category and it's called The Art of Evangelism. So anyone considering um, becoming an evangelist, like I would recommend reading that and following his steps. But basically there's like three that that come to mind. He talks about smoothing, which requires you to like get out of you, you know, whatever space that you ask and start asking questions the way you're doing with this podcast mm-hmm. and follow up with people, learn how to use email effectively and get in touch with other people and sort of like make those connections. Then get really good at public speaking, right? Because you need to be delivering quality content constantly, right? And nobody likes to listen to like a sales speech, right? So You need to really become really good at that um, and focus on entertaining your audience and your listening and telling stories and sort of like learn how to articulate. So practice speaking all the time because that's a big part of the job. And then um, social media. So make sure that the content that you're creating and sharing out there really creates value and it's very genuine to your brand or your company. So those are three things um, that I recommend. So this one is borrowed from Tim Ferriss, a best-selling author and one of the top podcasters in the world. What is one of the best or most worthwhile investments you've ever made? Mm, Love Tim Ferriss. Um, I actually don't have to think about this one. Writing online, hands down the best investment I've ever made because um, 
it has allowed me not only to learn a whole lot about all the things that I'm interested in, because when you write, you really have to know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also led me to meet the most interesting people out there that otherwise that find me through my writing or that I find through their writing mm-hmm. that otherwise I probably wouldn't have met. And it has created opportunities for myself that I couldn't even imagine, right? Um, so mm-hmm. for the past year and a half, I decided that I, you know, I wanted to start writing online. I was not a writer before. I didn't even consider myself a writer, to be honest. Um, but I decided, you know, I want to do this. So I'm going to put in the reps and do it every single day. Um, and even when nobody engaged at the beginning with my writing, I would still, you know, do it every single day. Mm-hmm. And what ended up happening is that the writing compounds because I was doing it every day. Mm-hmm. So I went from not writing a thing to after a year and a half, like, growing my following on Twitter, having all these articles that I can now put together a book with my thoughts. Mm -hmm. And it sort of has become like my writing has become my resume, right? Like I no longer have to apply to any jobs. Not that I wanted to, because I love what Mm -hmm. I'm doing, but you know, this sort of like speaks for what I do. um, And that's how people find me and how people learn about the way I think about education. So definitely writing online is the best investment I've ever made. Mm. So was there a time in your life where you felt like you completely failed at something, but it ended up helping later on in life? Mm. Let me think. Well, recently, I mean, this was the first one that comes up. So right when I left the classroom and I said I quit, um, I was feeling pretty insecure about this idea of not having a job or a specific plan. So Mm -hmm. people started asking me, you know, like, oh, what's your next plan? What are you doing? Like, where are you going next? And this question sort of made me feel like I needed everything figured out and I needed to get a job right away and have a plan. So I, without even thinking about it, I applied to this startup in Miami, which is where I was moving. Mm -hmm. And it was a position that I did not really enjoy. Like the nature of the work was like working eight through five, doing things that are just busy work, nothing creative. So it was not aligned at all to the kind of thing that I would like to do. But I applied anyway, because I needed to have a job. That's the way that I was thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had my interview and I ended up not getting the job. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I remember feeling horrible, feeling like a failure, like I wasn't good enough. Um, But then I got over it, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Like we do with everything in life. And in Mm -hmm. retrospect, thank God I did not get that job because I would have probably ended up going down that conventional path and doing um, a traditional job that did not really make me happy. And instead, now I'm doing all this. So mm-hmm. I guess that that was something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is there a person in your life, like a parent, grandparent, teacher, coach, or mentor that made a huge impact on you? If so, in what way? And would you like to give that person a quick shout out? <laughs> I wish I could mention more. Okay, so perhaps I'll say, so my husband is certainly my biggest inspiration and believer and supporter um, supporter and sounding board, um, everything. And he was actually the first one to incentivize me to go down this path. Um, and then I would probably say my dear friend, David Perel, who was also my teacher. So, you know, when I said that I left the classroom and turned to the internet, I wasn't really sure where to start, right? So I joined this online writing co- course called Write a Passage, taught by David Perel, who was someone that I admired a lot. Um, And from the very beginning, he noticed my passion for education reform. And for some reason, he, he believed in me and he saw this potential. So he went out of his way to really help me grow. Um, And yeah, I'll be forever grateful for his friendship and for everything he's done to make um, all this a reality. And yeah, I've learned so much from him and now consider him one of my best, best friends. You should actually have him on your podcast. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, I'll definitely try to get in touch with him. <laughs> so knowing, you know, now, would you have done anything differently growing up? Yes. So I would have started what you are doing right now way mm-hmm. earlier. So, you know, I started when I was 25, I believe, 25 mm-hmm. or 26. Mm-hmm. I would have started this when I was 10, right? I would have... Mm-hmm. Spend when I was a kid, I spent tons of time doing homework and actually, you know, making sure everything was perfect and this and that because I didn't know any better. But looking back, I wasn't really learning a lot from that. So I would spend my time working on interesting projects or doing something entrepreneurial, like starting my own podcast and writing online. So, Mm -hmm. certainly, what you're doing. So, what's the best advice you have for young people who want to be successful in life and in their work? Ooh, okay. So this idea has come again from Naval Ravikant, this entrepreneur that I was telling you about that I really like. Um, And one of his best advice that I recommend is learn to sell and learn to build. Like these are two things that will come in handy regardless of what you do. And in addition to that, pursue something that you're really generally curious about and really passionate about, right? Like not really the standard path. So find something that feels like play to you but feels like work to others, right? Anything that you're irrationally passionate about and willing to, you know, work around the clock and just start creating content around that, like build your online persona, ideally under your own name. Although I know that for kids, it's a bit complicated. Um, But yeah, and start connecting with like-minded people and learning the way you're doing from other people. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so that's my best advice. Awesome, thanks, Anna. Now it's time for the joke of the day. What did the broccoli say to the celery? What? Stop stalking me. (laughs) I just had a celery juice. So now I'm going to think of you when I have my celery juice, Kyle. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again for joining us on the Kids Learn Career Show. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and tell your friends. See you next time.